Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and I'm declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. And welcome, everybody, to another episode of My Independence Report. Hey, look at that. There's Kayla right there. Kayla May is is uh, the co-producer of the show, and she's right there. Hi, Kayla. How are you today? <laughs> I'm good. Thank you. Very good. Would you like to introduce our guest for the hour today? I, I might not pronounce his name right. <clears throat> but, uh, I'll, I'll let it go to you. You do it. <laughs> oh, chicken. Uh, I know. Juno Hale is is with us, and Hale. Yeah, that's a Hale. That's right. That's, yeah. Sorry about that. I, see, I, knew I was, gonna, I was gonna blow it too. So, so. <laughs> Gino Hale, and he is a minister out of Texas. And uh, uh, are you still in Texas, sir? Yes, sir. Wait, where whereabouts in the lovely state are you? Mansfield, Texas. And is that where? Where's that by? That's right next to Arlington. Oh, very nice. Very nice. That's uh, uh, which is kind of near Dallas, I believe. Right. Yeah. Uh, about 30 minutes. Ah, yes, indeed. That's the Dallas Cowboys, the team that my Seahawks have to play all the time and, and stuff. In any event, uh, Gina is uh, um, he's got quite a story to tell. He is a minister and he works with uh, folks that have been uh, abused both sexually, physically mentally and he works to get people back to where they are living their lives more authentically and better so i, I hope i haven't misrepresented um what you do for folks sir no uh you're good very good so can we t talk about how you got into uh, this and where you're at and and uh and i guess we have to start at the beginning uh, because you had quite a horrific uh, youth growing up. Yes, sir. It was uh, challenging. In, I, indeed. Well, that's why I wrote the book, God Loves Messed Up People, because we're all messed up, all of us. 85% uh, of families are dysfunctional in, in today's world. And um, it just happens that uh, my father was an alcoholic. And so uh, we moved a lot uh, because at that time they didn't have uh, places for rehab. Uh, you're talking in the 60s now, mid 60s. So usually, uh, they would get locked up to uh, with alcohol to wear off uh, mm -hmm. 30 days at a time. And so it was many, many times as a young boy, all, all of us, it was eight kids and my parents. And the environment was just bad. And so when my father drank, uh, 
it was just like a war. Furniture flying, uh, bottles being slammed on a table, and just the way he acted when he drank. And it's nothing but, you know, an addiction that you can't fight it by yourself. You have to trust God. You have to find a way uh, to get through it with your family. Well, with with eight kids, I imagine you had a busy household anyway. But if somebody yeah. was drinking and, and was, and it sounds like he was a uh, violent drunk, uh, there are different kinds, and, and he was a violent one. And that would be really hard for everybody. And Kayla's had some issues uh, in her family, and I've had alcoholism in my family. And so I think you're right. Uh, 85% of us are a bit dysfunctional, or the families are dysfunctional. So, right. so now what, what, number, what number of the eight were you? Number four. Oh, so you were right smack dab in the middle of it all. Yeah, I was the forgotten one. <laughs> not, it, it's not that I was the forgotten one, but it, in the midst of all that going on, I was being jumped by black gangs, and I was sexually abused all at the same time. And so it took me a while to figure out what I need to do. So I decided... Uh, that I need to change my environment. And so as a kid, you can't just up and leave. Well, you can, but I wasn't that type of person. So the best way I knew how to do is go in the military, change my environment, change my life. And so that's why I say to people, you got to change First of all, you got to allow yourself to acknowledge that it's an issue and you got to bring it to the forefront and identify what the problem is and move forward from that and come up with a solution where you can walk victorious. Absolutely. Kayla, do you have a question? Um, I do understand the whole alcohol and the, the the abuse and stuff like that. Um, from your aspect, uh, do you say it's harder for, um, living with an alcoholic or having an alcoholic that was in your life and was never around? Do you see a difference between it or do you think of it as the same? So repeat that question, please. Um, so if there's an alcoholic that's living in the household versus an alcoholic that is separated from the household, like a father figure that's not involved with the children, do you see a difference between those two? No, I don't see a difference because... It's, it's, well, he, was, uh, he had a lot of anger. And so living with somebody that has anger, 
Uh, I remember many times <laughs> me and my brothers. I remember hiding. You know uh, how a woman sits and comes her hair. Well, the dresser had a little hole in there. I remember me and my brother hiding in there all the time. So it's nothing but beer. You, you're. My father was six foot seven. So he was a big man anyway. So you're intimidated by the size. And then with the drinking, is even worse. But for someone that's outside of the home, it might be a little bit different. And if they have a relationship with that person, they have to still deal with the emotional abuse from that person. Especially when somebody's drinking, you know, they do a lot of yelling and screaming in my book. And so you have to learn how to deal with it in your emotions. Boy, I still feel it's insane, though. Boy, at 6'7", he probably could uh, drink all day and drink all the time because he, he uh, had, I'm sure, quite a capacity. But a, a man that size, he would be scary to be around. Right. He's, he, he, he didn't drink all the time. He, it, he had seven years that he didn't drink, and then he started drinking again. So when he wasn't drinking, he was a great man, a hard worker, but he, he was just insecure. In what way, I, I'm not sure, but I remember my aunts and uncles saying that. Now, now you had eight or seven brothers and sisters, and uh, alcoholism can be a kind of a hereditary thing from generation to generation. How many of your brothers and sisters have faced the same challenges? Well, they don't, uh, they might drink like uh, in moderation, if that. But we live through uh, alcohol and fathers. So when you live through that, you, you don't want to uh, be like that. Well, that's good. Because, that's good. you know, that's not love. Uh, Love is unconditional, or well, it should be, and so the the man of the home, you know, God created for him to be the head. But if the head's all messed up, the family's messed up. That's true. Well, let's talk about you. You went into the military, and, and then you go ahead. I was just going to say, you went into the military and then you came out. Uh, when did you go to seminary? I, uh, that was, uh, I didn't finish that particular uh, phase. I got ordained within the church, but I went in, I got saved in 92. So that was like 94, 95. And that was at Christian Life College. And oh, I, very. And I studied pastoral studies. How long have you been working with people and to help them with their uh, uh, physical and sexual abuse issues and, and getting them back on their feet? 
I've been uh since since '93. Uh, I've been you know going to the prison ministries and just talking to people individually. And I started my ministry about a year ago, which is uh, Word of Life. And you have to you have to acknowledge what your 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 problem is to move forward and I couldn't move forward that that was my part until I went in the military so I went in the military a long time ago but I've been working with people all my life to include the military so we're talking 1974 until now I wasn't minister then but I've always been in the people business I did personnel in the military uh, first three years I was military police and then the rest of the time was personnel oh cool how, now, how long were you in the military 20 years by the way thank you for your service you're welcome thank you and Kayla do you have another question <clears throat> no I'm intrigued I'm just listening oh okay um, <laughs> I love the title of the book uh, because you and you are correct. God indeed does love messed up people, um, and uh, so and you can get the book through Amazon. I'm sure in all the normal places, right? Right. You can get it through Amazon, but you also can get it at Gene Howell, H E I L Ministries dot com, and you can also connect with me at. Um, I lost my thought. Word of Life 70 at yahoo.com. Word of Life 70 at yahoo.com. Yes, sir. And, no, that's 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 really cool. So you've you felt called to go into this. You've been a people person all your life, but you felt called to start your own ministry. How are things going? Things are going very well uh, since I started. Uh, it has increased, uh, the ministry has increased, and we're just allowing God to do what he wants to do. So you have to go at his pace. And, well, you know, at, as a person that is that has been molested, uh, one, one of the big issues that most of them would have Everybody reacts to sexual abuse differently, but one of the things uh, would be, you know, mistrust. You can't trust nobody, you know, because your innocence was taken away. So you feel like everybody's trying to take things from you subconsciously, and you just have to learn to... Uh, learn how to deal with that and learn to trust again. And each person uh, is an individual. And so one person might take a long time, the other might not take so long. It depends on how soon they deal with it. It's, it's, a, um, 
it's a dark secret that a lot of families carry around with them. I know my friend Kayla has uh, also had some um, physical and mental and sexual abuse in her background in her life. And how did how Kayla how how are you handling it or have you handled it? And what was your story like? A lot of drugs and alcohol. Mm. That way, I turned to drugs and alcohol to cope with death. Mommy, um, hold on, sweetie. With things that have happened um, in life, general, a hard um, upcoming with not having my father involved in my life, you know, as a birth, really. So, and that stemmed from my parents, and it stemmed to my relationship with my son's dad and so in turn it took seven years for me to break that cycle of fighting with my son's father in order to realize that it's not okay it needs to stop we need to prevail to be better parents for our child and over that time I would say now three years, four years have gone by and we're nothing but best friends now. You know, we're something that we should have been a long time ago for our child and we're manifesting and growing with that. So, so but it took a while. And by the way, you that's your three-year-old beautiful daughter that is, that is right there. So, um, but, but uh, um, Gino, is that is that kind of a typical story that... that um, Kayla was talking about that it takes years sometimes years. for yeah it, it, emotional healing it, it depends on your surrender and acknowledging that you was done wrong and admitting it because a lot of people that's been sexually abused block it out and and I didn't remember until after I got saved, that that happened. And even though it only happened one time, but one time's enough because your innocence was taken away and it affected my whole life. Um, when I put it on my uniform, I don't know, it just gave me uh, encouragement uh, and gave me a positive attitude like i was somebody like they couldn't take that away from me and so but when but until i acknowledged it it took me a very long time it's in my book i was 65 when i got completely delivered and that it took a long time but i wasn't admitting that i was hurt and I recommend anybody that has been sexually abused to go tell someone, let someone, if you can't go to your parents, go to somebody you can trust because that was wrong. They violated you and you've got to admit to it because once you admit that you were hurt, then the healing process can begin. And the, and the healing process can still take quite a long time, can't it? Because can, there's a lot of, sometimes there's uh, post-traumatic stress 
that you have to deal with as well based upon what happened to you, don't you? Amen. Yeah. I. It takes a very long time. And uh, see, a wounded person, somebody that's hurt, you're going, you don't know it. I think it happens sub, subconsciously that a hurting person's going to hurt people. They just are. They're angry. They're bitter. They have animosity. They have strife. And until until you deal with it, you're you're gonna hurt somebody. Not on purpose. It, it just happens. And 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 the relationships I had, even though they were wrong in, in some ways, I still was wrong because I hurt them. Or I fought, fought, not physically fought them, but in words, you know. Uh, a lot of times, isn't isn't it true that a lot of times it's kind of a generational issue? When you, if you were abused as a child, you tend to grow up and then abuse yourself, and then it becomes a, a generational cycle that can last for seven, 10, 15 generations until somebody steps forward and says enough. We I, don't I, need this anymore. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's it's a process. I mean, it's, if you read up on it, you know, it could be somebody in your family and then you go to the next generation, not generation, but the next, uh, yeah, the next generation, the next generation, until somebody does something about it. Because at one point you've got to you've got to stop. And what I what I like about Kayla's story is she recognized that her family was the way they were, and she is actively. And I'm so proud of you. Yeah, she's beautiful. actively taking. Yeah, she's actively taking steps to make sure that. Her ten-year-old boy and her three-year-old daughter don't face the same type of dilemma and problems that she faced growing up. So she's breaking the cycle of that that abuse, and and I'm I applaud you greatly for that, young lady. Thank you. I'm trying. That's for sure. So, <laughs> it's not easy because it took oh. me 31 years, Kevin. Oh, I know. It took me 30, 31 years to realize, you know, hey, enough is enough. You know, you got to let go, move on and, and get up, put one foot right in front of the other and just keep going because life's too short. That's 30 years right there. Stuck, fighting, fighting, fighting a battle. <laughs> That's a new word for me. Fighting a battle for myself, you know, and I had to let it go. But your struggle's over now. Your struggle's yeah. over because, yeah, God's healing you. And I pray he'll continue to heal you from your crown of your head to the sole of your feet. Thank you. And, and just keep on trusting. Keep on pushing. Persevere. Finish the race that you started. Because you have the victory already. Uh, the Bible says, let the redeem of the Lord say so. So all we have to do is trust him. Obey him. And he'll fix it for you. That's the song the Lord gave me. He'll fix it for you today. All you have to do is trust him and obey.
Does it happen in in uh, the time we want? No, but it will happen in God's time. Now, Gino, you started uh, your ministry last year. Now, you, you are you you. How old were you when you started your ministry? Well, I I uh, I got saved in '92, March of '92. Called the preach in March, uh, not March, but in nineteen. Uh, I think it was like September, maybe of '93. And so uh, the church I joined. I was looking for a pastor that could mentor me in a ministry because I felt that's important. And so uh, I went to uh, Christian Faith Fellowship Church, uh, went there in 93, 94, and left there in 2008. And then I moved on to Texas. And I was actually getting ready to start a church uh, in 2006. But my relationship with my wife at the time was uh, messed up. It wasn't good. And she, uh, it was just, it was a lot of, uh, of verbal abuse. Abuse is abuse, though, you know. But when somebody says things that is degrading you, it, it takes a while to move from that. And it took me a long time. It took me from 09 until now. I mean, last year, right before COVID, to acknowledge that, you know, uh, I deserve to be loved just like anybody else. And so I've always felt that my mother had this forgiveness for my father that I've never seen and, and the unconditional love. Despite having treated us or her, she always loved them. She always forgave them and they always moved forward. And so that unconditional love I've been looking for it for a long time, but it was right in front of me. It was God. God's unconditional love is what I needed. It wasn't a physical person. So now that you've been uh, uh, with with the ministries for uh, a year, how long did it take you to write the book? And did you write the book before the ministries, or was it kind of happening along the same lines? The same time? Along, uh, no, it it. The story was put out, uh, and then that's that's when God actually healed me through the book, through through my story. And uh, some people, you know, uh, write their their feelings and things in a journal, but I did it on on a recording. I recorded you know, what I was feeling, what I went through. And as I was doing it, God healed me. 
it, I think it's it pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool that you were willing to put your story out there, because mm -hmm. uh, I can understand journaling and 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 having that you know by your bedside and and then uh, kind of hiding it. But you you put your story out there for all to see. I think that's pretty remarkable. And yes, thank sir. you. For that. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, I just believe that God wants to heal people, and I put my story out there for people to read it so they know that God can heal you. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, God spoke to me and told me my struggle's over. And, and Caleb, your struggle's over. You just, just rest in God. He'll do the rest. And he'll continue to heal you as he has me. And my prayer is that he will heal many, many people uh, through my book, through the ministry. It's called Word of Life Christian Center. And somebody has to say something. Somebody has to go say it to people. So you got to be real to people. And I'm 65. I mean, 66 now, even though I don't look it, <laughs> but, <laughs> but the time, the time's now. And, and even though it took me a long time to put this story out, that's because I've been trying to help God the whole time. And God don't need no help. God just wants us to trust him. And so... I acknowledge that and everybody's not going to put their business out there like that. But the enemy, you know, shame the devil, I say. Shame the devil because he can't do nothing for you anymore. You Because when you develop a relationship with God and start trusting him, God loves us so much. I don't think our mind can fathom how much he really loves us. And, you know, one of the struggles I had was rejection. And I believe that that came from me being abused. And anytime you open the door to Satan, you don't know how he's going to come in. Bible says he'll come like a flood, but God will rise up a standard against him. And so that's all I know to do. You need to put the truth out there and we need to have an integrity and just tell it like it is. Is everybody going to receive it? No. And I don't know. Uh, some people can go to their parents but their parents won't believe them. They'll deny it. So they're in denial just well as the person that got abused. And so we have to uh, find someone that we can trust and put the story out there. And well, you know, Gino, you and I are of the same generation. Uh, we're within a couple of years of each other. And so I, I remember what it was like 
in the 60s and early 70s when you were growing we were both growing up that you just didn't talk about these things you didn't no. talk about sexual abuse you didn't talk about if your father was a was a drunk and 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 and, and hit people around and 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 you were living in a house where there was terror was the order of the day you just didn't talk about that kind of thing um, and so it's important that you're getting the word out there. And by the way, the name of his book is God Loves Messed Up People. And that's true. And so it's, it's, it's important that, that you are doing the work that you're doing now because you, all the way in 2021, I think that there's still people that uh, have a dark secret in their families that they're not willing to open up and and husband or wives are protecting their abusive husbands and and that, i don't think that's all changed all that much or has it i i don't believe it has i remember my mother telling us we as we got older we were asked her well how come you stay with them they got divorced say for 25 years but my mother loved my father until the day she died and she died in 93 my father died in 85 and he got remarried this and that but he would still come over the house and she would fix some breakfast and this is when he wasn't drinking and he drank that coffee and they would sit and talk the whole time and she just loved him. And she knew how to forgive him. She came from a Methodist background. My father came from a Catholic background. But we didn't go to church. Uh, we prayed, you know, laid me down. Uh, I, so Mickey, I, I can't remember it all right now. But, uh, and we prayed at the dinner table. That's it. And they taught me good values, you know, no sex before marriage, kind of biblical in a biblical way, but they they weren't aware of it. Right, right. Well, you know, it um, in in those days and times were just so different. But there still is a lot of work that needs to be done to open things Amen. up so that, so that families can can heal from the internal problems that they that they have and to be open and talk about it in your ministry are you able to help people families kind of open up and i know it's based upon the word and you're doing uh work in conjunction with the word but are are, are families opening up more so than they used to do you think oh i think so this is it it's uh it's not as quickly, I think, as it should happen. But yeah, people are not holding things back no more. See, like you said, the generation was kind of different in the 60s. Uh, I remember my father saying, what happens in the house stays in the house. And so, you know, we couldn't talk about it. We, I mean, we didn't even sit at the table and talk about sex or anything until, you know, we were older, you know, teenage, late teenagers. But I wasn't privy to that because I was in the military trying to get myself together. And so 
I needed some stability and I had, I needed to change. I needed to find a way out because it was just, you know, I was so depressed and, and, um, I had very low self-esteem and I, I just lacked confidence, I guess, because of the abuse and, um, and the sexual abuse. And so I had to fight my way out. And some people do, they have to fight their way out for a change. I mean, if you're 10 years old, you can't leave. So you have to deal with it. So, so some, some kids would just come out and say it because it, it's on their mind. Uh, constantly, you know, uh, depression. I mean, I was depressed for a very long time in school. I would go to school and sleep in the class. I would, I think it's in chapter one or two. I all I or chapter three. All I would do is watch TV late at night, go to bed three, four o'clock in the morning. And then I remember my father trying to wake me up. He usually threw water on me for a wet washcloth. You know, he 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 was cruel at times. Maybe he didn't seem to be cruel, but to me it was cruel, you know, to wake somebody up like that. So when I went in the army, I was 18, and you know, you have to stay up long hours you know, getting ready for the next day. And so when I, when I did go to sleep, somebody tried to wake me up, <laughs> but I wouldn't get up. So here comes the drill sergeant, and he picks up my bed, the foot of the bed, up to his waist, and dropped it. And <laughs> ever since then, ever since then, I get up, no issues. But, uh, but that was a lesson learned. And, and that's the whole thing about our situation. You know, we have to learn lessons learned and, and find avenues that is working towards healing and, and letting go of the past because the past can't help us now. Only the present can. So you got to have a positive attitude and trust the Lord. That's very important and not lean to your own understanding, but acknowledge him every way. He'll, he'll direct our paths. See, this is the time that God wanted the book to be out. So I just Caleb. want to pray for Go ahead. No, I'm, I just want to go along with what you're saying. The fact that um, we're like a river and we can only flow in one direction. We can't flow backwards. Right. So look at it like we're a river because we, we just got to keep flowing. You know, one time I had the opportunity to interview somebody that was a three-time cancer survivor. And, um, <clears throat> and we were talking about that. And she said, you know... If you have one foot in the past and one foot in the future, you're peeing on the present. And so you've got to, you've got to take care of the present uh, because that's all there is. That's all you got. 
and you got to take care of yourself today. And um, by the way, after all these years, have you been able to forgive your father? You talking to me? Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, he's he's dead. Yes. Uh, I um, my brother that abused me and my father. Uh, when my brother died, and I didn't notice at the time, but I had dreams about taking his place in the coffin. It's like I need to. I need to take his place so he could live. And so, uh, but I was wounded and I was hurt. And then that's after the first time I was in the military. We're talking 78. It was around when uh, Elvis Presley died. Oh, okay. And, uh, but I forgive him. It's nothing... You know, holding on to the past, even if that person didn't forgive you, you need to forgive them. Forgiveness is for you. It's not for the other person. You know, but a lot of people, they try to hurt the other person in the process. Like I said, a hurted person hurts people. But that's why we need to heal so we don't hurt people because we can affect the whole environment, you know, from one person to another until we learn how to deal with it and let it go and, and give the person. Even if they don't forgive you, you set yourself free when you say, please forgive me. So it's all about the individual, not the person that hit, hurt you. Exactly. Exactly. By the way, we're talking with Gino Heil. Yeah. Heil. Yeah. Yes. Yes, sir. Yay. I actually said Gino Heil. He has written the book. God loves messed up people. I love the title of that, by the way. Um, I think that's really, that is really cool. And, and you can go to, uh, you have a ministry and then, and the name of your ministry again is Gene Heil ministries.com and if you want to go there and you can talk to i assume somebody can email you and you can communicate with them uh if they if they have a need and want to reach out to you is that is that correct yes sir and, and that I'll, was, I'll, i will pray for him encourage him and god a, will heal that that is just awesome. So it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast today, sir. And this will Thank be up on on uh, um, this will be up on uh, um, YouTube uh, virtually as we speak. And so you can go there and you can listen to the replay and watch the replay of that. It'll also be on the podcast. And so before we go, I want to ask Kayla: Is there any last thoughts that you have that you'd like to express, young lady? I, I I enjoy that you're putting your work out there um, and letting people aware of it. So please, you know, keep doing what you're doing and may God bless you as well. Thank you. And Gino, um, this is your opportunity. I'm going to give you the floor. You can tell our audience anything that you would like them to know. Well, I would like to pray for them, if I may. You may. Father, we just thank you and praise you. Father, we look to you because you're more than able. The Bible says that 
there's nothing too hard for you, Lord God. And Lord, I pray that every person that hears my voice, that they search their heart, that you would touch them and heal them from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet. Father, we can't move forward unless you heal us. We trust you. We don't lean to our own understanding. Have your way. Let your kingdom, Father, be within everyone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Gino Ohio, and it's been a pleasure having you here, sir. And I wish your ministry lots of success. I wish your I book pray. lots of success because thank you. Um, we're all about helping people, and and it's a touchy subject when you're talking about physical sexual abuse and uh, um, all of that that goes with it. And uh, I appreciate that you are uh, shedding some light on it and um, and working with God's love to make it all uh, better for a lot of people. So I, I appreciate what you're doing. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank and you. Have you're welcome. Thank you. And you guys and the rest of everybody have a wonderful afternoon. And uh, um, just remember that uh, you take care of each other, would you? It'd be great. And uh, if you need help, if you need help with alcohol substance abuse, uh, there are people locally, but there's also Gino Hale that can that can help you. And so give him a call. His book again, and you can pick it up at Amazon anywhere you like, is uh, um, um, God Loves Messed Up People. It's a, it's, a, it's a great title. It's a great book, and it's, it's a good read. So uh, thank you very much. Gino, if you hang right there, well, I'll be right back. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other's all we've got. See you next time on My Independence Report.